and welcome back to the Playing With Power podcast, the Nintendo Power Retrospective podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and joining me not for long anymore is Ben, so, and he's busy with family stuff, so please welcome interim co-host and possibly co-host for the, the next year of this issue, if things work out good, Ivan. Hello. Some of you may remember Ivan from the taste test, and he's going to be bringing that same level of of, in, of enthusiasm and disappointment in me. <laughs> you, you you better believe it. On both counts. <laughs> yeah, the holidays are kicking Ben's ass, so we're going to try to get him in for the finale for his final episode for his final issue, which will be for December. If we can air it by, you know, January or February. <laughs> I mean, everything was going fine for most of the year, and then he just disappears. But, well, I endure. So, we're here covering November of 1996. That would be issue... What's the number here? 90. Yeah. And boy, what a seasonal, seasonally appropriate cover, because we have what seems to be a uh, an angry snowman version of W.C. Fields, mm-hmm. if he was coked out. Oh, I love this game so much! It's a the snow, the angry snowman boss from Donkey Kong Country Three, blowing balls out of his hat. <laughs> And we got uh, this frozen, this do- <laughs> we have a dozy we we have a dozy bear just staring off, and he's holding something so close to his eye. I thought it was a camcorder for a second. <laughs> he's just filming like a girl getting white balls launched in her face. Yeah, he's uh, appreciating the fact that Dixie Kong's not wearing any pants. He's positioned right yeah. behind her. You can just see him perving out. This was before Me Too, you know. Yeah, so we have a uh, a, a very overaged bear filming a very underaged girl getting white stuff thrown in her face, mm-hmm. and uh, strangely <laughs> enough, six nine is nowhere to be seen. That's right. Well, she's riding a, another monkey. Takashi six nine is not present at this time. Oh, good lord! Uh, that guy's a real. Not only does that guy look like a skittle-faced nightmare, but he's also a pedophile. <laughs> but other than that, he's a great catch. Oh yeah, he's a, he's a pillar of the community. He support like he puts his rap money to supporting community endeavors like 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 gangbang or or, or like just executions because apparently you hear him confessing to actual murders in his <laughs> In his fucking video, because he's that stupid. Because like, he's talking about, like, brothers going to kill, I really do that shit. And then he gives friggin' details on it, so. <laughs> well, uh, you know, he, he's like the hip-hop version of Trump. He can kill in Times Square and nobody will care. <laughs> Except he's just a little too ethnic under all that food coloring. <laughs> Are you saying there's a little difference between him and Trump? A little bit of pigmentation? <laughs> yeah, but that wouldn't cause any di- that wouldn't that wouldn't cause a difference in the justice system at all. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm sure he'll be just fine. It'll run for office. <laughs> okay, so man, <sighs> this is a as soon as you get away from the snowman, this cover is busy as fuck. We got Dixie riding Diddy. And oh man, God! Is there enough graphics? Is there enough little uh, inserts on this screen? Somebody went nuts with the clip art. I know. Seriously, I, I'm trying to see the the picture, and I just can't for all the you know blast core here and in depth strategy there and you know big splash wave race and oh fuck, please just let me look at the picture. <laughs> Maui Mallard in Cold Shadow, Critical Info, Super Mario 64 Charts, Blast Core, N64 Explosive, yeah. DKC3, Dixie Kong Trouble. Please read this mag, please read this mag, something's gotta catch your attention. Big Splash Wave Race, Takashi 69 Jet Ski. 
That's probably Kawasaki. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> That's okay. No problem. But yeah, uh, so. under all that, you got a nice little uh, picture of the Donkey Kong 3 content. So looking forward to covering that. Yep. And then, when we flip the page, oh boy, it looks like we've got Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> Coked out Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> Holding a <laughs> Nintendo Power magazine. Uh, and apparently he's doing it while, try, while trying to seek shelter during a nuclear explosion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like got that uh, distortion to the picture as if you're looking through your door's peephole. And he's like, let me in! He, and he's completely awash in red and yellow light. Like, he's trying, like, he's seen the mushroom cloud. And he's just like, that shit's getting close, man. Yeah, right. Yet, oddly, beyond that is a nice blue image of mountains and. Well, it's about to become beachfront property. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's a little odd. And he's like, Mom, you forgot me again! I'm locked out of the home alone. Yeah, and then you got another advertisement on the following page. You got a. <laughs> we got John Leguizamo answering the door to uh, Billy Bob Thornton, his bad Santa. <laughs> yeah, he looks uh, rather distressed to the. He's got a magazine in his hand, and the expression on his face is like, oh my god, I didn't know they bent that way. Hey man, can you see Peach's tits? For reals? <laughs> You got the classified information, bro? Aw, oh, shit. Yeah, right, especially when you can snag a free gift. Whoa! Yes, there's a whole year of Nintendo Power the price of a single issue at the newsstand. Wow, you can get a subscription for a mere five bucks. I wow, the, oh, oh my gosh, the whole year subscription for a price of $20. Mmm. Oh god, I missed the nineties. Oh, Canadian <laughs> residents pay twenty seven ninety five. That's better. Yeah, that's fuck you, Mike. better. <laughs> no, that's the past I remember. <laughs> that's right. Suck it, Canada. Oh my god! Like, yeah. why is it twice the price? It's not like paper's expensive. We're Canada. We have fucking timber. <laughs> yeah. Just a tax on being that less, that much less cool. <laughs> it's just a Canuck tax. That's right. You turn the page and you got another advertisement for Donkey Kong Country Three: Dixie Kong's Double Trouble. So if you got Double Trouble, Donkey Kong Country Three, that's like six Kongs, right? <laughs> so ten pages, complete maps. Dixie's in deep trouble, but she's still kidding around. Ha ha. Her new pal is Kitty Kong. Who she uses as a barrel. And who apparently is going down on himself from the <laughs> position of, uh, of his body there. That He's currently in mid-tuck. He does his little role in the game. So, yeah, he's, uh, he's practicing giving himself head. You think Marilyn Manson saw this and he's like, hey... I take out some ribs. I can do something, you know? Yeah. yeah this might have come out after he had access to the internet. <laughs> well, this is 1996. Who knows? Well, this is probably when he was still working at a fucking used car lot. Mm. So anyway, we'll be looking forward to reviewing that or at least checking out some maps of the game. And now we got the contents page. Busy background is... Not, not really a great background. It's really hard to read everything with with all the trees and shit that keep breaking up the background. Yeah. But in it, we get to see Wave Race 64. The wave starts here. Eight pages of maps detailing all the regular circuits. And then Blast Core and Super Mario 64 special charts. Absolutely the best charts ever. Totally the best. You know. If you're playing Super Mario 64, they're indispensable. Take them out, tack them up. Hashtag high energy. Hashtag save the coal. <laughs> Hashtag Bowser's not such a bad guy. <laughs> That's right. Hashtag Have you ever spoke to him? Here. There's quality people on both sides of Mario's castle. 
Have you ever spoke to Bowser? He writes lovely letters. All right. Uh, so, no. go ahead. On the, pl- the player's pulse. Oh, fuck. Is this artwork... Speaking of lovely letters, this artwork is fan-fucking-tastic. We see Fire Emblem with the three ladies sprawled out along the top with creeping roses on vines. Mm-hmm. And it's done in beautiful pencil crayon. Just amazing. Not to be outdone is some artwork for Final Fantasy III featuring Terra on a chocobo with colored leggings uh, with, I don't know, fruits on them or Cheerios? Yeah, it looks like cherries or something. At least they gave her leggings. I'm a little... Yeah, that's great. And she has a wonderfully detailed skirt considering it's only like a small part of the, the envelope. It's just so many neatly tightly packed colors yeah. in a very nice pattern. And the shading on the chocobo is fucking lush. It's like fucking Big Bird, man. <laughs> so and then we get to see some <laughs> we get to see some beautiful mashup art like Super Mario World <laughs> merged with Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> Two Bowser's Castle and Beyond <laughs> yeah. Koopas. Everywhere Koopas. Mr. Potato Stool. <laughs> Sounds like a bad night at Arby's. Yoshi Rex, looking good. <laughs> that, that actually does look not too bad. Nice little mashup there. Mario as Buzz Lightyear and Luigi as Woody. This, this is this is fantastic. And then a lovely, a lovely screenshot of Doom. As we get to see a Hell Beast being faced down by a single pistol. Mm-hmm. And then some nice movie art style. Thing saying Kirby Superstar Revenge of the Meta Knight and all of them are tightly packed together holding up a sword and then we get to see Peach swinging around a frying pan as a, a nice reference from uh, Super Mario RPG mm-hmm. we get to see Mallow looking fierce Peach just taking out a shy guy with a frying pan like it ain't no thing <laughs> Mar- Mario just outright giving a, a, a fatal concussion to some weird yellow dog thing. I forget his name in the... Uh, in the game, yeah. In the game, and then we get to see a Lakitu dropping a shell on Toad while uh, what appears to be I think it's Smitty? I don't know. Smitty Smitty might have been someone else, but like the Viking looking dude. Yeah. The, yeah, the totally not the totally not Hagar the Horrible. <laughs> it really does look like Hagar's hat there. Yeah, pretty good artwork. I always like these these uh, drawings. They they choose good artwork to put in the magazines. I'm sure that most you know most of them are shit, but they they select the the standouts. I can just imagine like the the amount of detail it takes to decorate an envelope like this, and like just on the chance like it might not come back, and like no scanners back then, so you had to like. You're risking you're never seeing this thing again that you're putting all this work into. Oh, absolutely. But, it's commitment. But then it, then it shows up here and it's like, yes. Of course, you could have taken it with your Polaroid camera, you know, the one that spits out the photo right away. <laughs> Kids have absolutely so, no fucking idea what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> God, I'm old. <laughs> Man, they don't, e- they don't even know the song that tells you how to shake it like a Polaroid picture. <laughs> You try to even reference them, they'll be just like, just stop fucking reaching, please. Yep. Just stop. So anyway, we got so, the some uh, letters written in, and the first yep. one choose uh, choose Nintendo uh, a new one, the name game. It's titled. So nice names, guys. Mario sixty four, Super Mario Kart sixty four, Pilot Wing sixty four, Railway sixty four, Killer Instinct sixty four, and the list goes on. Yeesh. I'm not really mad, but I think you guys could at least put some effort into the names of the games. I mean, you did this when the Super Nintendo came out. I can't start to list all the games that had the word Super in front of it. You took a game, made a sequel, and put Super in front of it, and or a two after. Am I the only one who doesn't like this? Don't get me wrong, your system is great, and I'm sure the games are, but I would like to see more imaginative titles. How about Mario and the Mystic Portraits? 
Mario Kart Chaos with a K. That's what I have to say. Maybe because of this letter we'll get real titles. That's right, I'm sure they're listening to good old Matthew McGillivray of Surrey, British Columbia, Canada. Well, they did with this wicked burn they gave them. <laughs> so you're saying you wouldn't be in favor of our plan to rename the magazine Nintendo Power 64? <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. Uh, they brought the fire. <laughs> yeah, the little ember of fire there. <laughs> One wowed engineer. I recently got a chance to play the Nintendo 64 at the World of Nintendo Dome at La Ronde Amusement Park in Montreal. As a recent graduate from a prestigious engineering school, I can only say one thing. Wow. A prestigious engineering si school. You just had to put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> you probably named it too, but they were just like enough plugging. I can only say one thing. Wow, the N64 is an engineering feat, intelligent design, smooth game control. A rich environment and great stereo sound make the N64 show off engineering at its best. You made this engineer very proud. Did he look at the controller? <laughs> well, what do you expect from an MIT asshole? Yeah, and that was Christian Walzell from Balerica, Massachusetts. And they say, just think how the engineers who designed the system feel. Indeed. So the next one... The end of an era? Question mark. After the Super Nintendo came out, the NES slowly and steadily became extinct. They stopped making games for it and concentrated on their newfound prize, the SNES. Do you think it's possible for the same thing to happen to the SNES now that the N64 will be coming out or not? The reason I ask is because the main system will be the Nintendo 64, which is totally awesome the Sega Saturn, and the little PlayStation, which is similar to when the SNES and Sega were dominant over the NES. Please respond. Derek Zobel from Orem, Utah writes. In their response, naturally when a new system is released, that's where the excitement will go. Rest assured that we plan to support the Super NES with software, and so will other companies as long as enough players want to buy their games. Yeah, you think that this guy is surprised that when new systems come out, old systems don't get made game that they they stops <laughs> that they stop making games for the older systems? Yeah, actually, they did pretty well back then, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, they were still making fucking Mar Mega Man Six in 1994. Yeah, you know, Wario's Woods. I mean, was it 94, 95 when they finally stopped making NES games? And SNES was pretty similar. Yeah, Mar uh, Chrono Trigger was 1996, wasn't it? 1995? Yeah, something like that. Super Mario uh, RPG was also out. So, <laughs> oh man, this is more great artwork. Look at this fucking ID4. <laughs> an Independence Day homage. <laughs> with Mario just fucking flabbergasted that the mothership has vaporized Toadstool's castle. Okay. Fuck abducting anybody. The Mushroom Kingdom is now just being vaporized. Yeah, Yoshi's bug-eyed and Mario looks like he just sprang wood there. Like, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> this is obviously traced or copied from the uh, Mario World comic that aired here. That's definitely one of his uh, his poses. I have but to admire the the alien. It ship, was well though. placed. The alien ship looks pretty good. Oh yeah, this thing is well done. This is fucking fantastic artwork. And seeing Toadstool's castle getting just shattered by the beam. It's, oh, it's, it's, that's so great. And then we see coming out with the best titles. Killer Instinct 64, Super Mario 64, Mission Impossible, the ultimate Nintendo 64. And then we get to see characters like Donkey Kong saying, play it louder, Kirby saying, get the fun, uh, full gore, or yeah, full gore from Killer Instinct saying, get the games, Zelda, or Link saying, get the system, and then we see Hobo Sonic <laughs> by uh, what appears to be a trash can fire saying, I wish I was Nintendo's character. Oh. Well, pro prophecy fulfilled. That's He's right. This character. <laughs> you got your wish. 
Yeah, it's it's almost sad to see Sonic and the various Nintendo systems of today. It's like, oh man, I remember when that was a rivalry. It'd be like if the Yankees bought out the Red Sox. <laughs> Uh, well, anyway. it's great. Have you seen that trailer with uh, for Super Smash Brawl for the Switch? That's got uh, that's done to the uh, to Queens. Don't stop me now. I haven't seen that, but my son got every part the, of it. Got the game. Every part so. of it is fucking great. Yeah. When it has like I'm a shooting star racing through the sky, then it shows Kirby riding a power star, like. Seriously, without any massive edits to the song, every part of that trailer is in order of Don't Stop Me Now. Yeah. From, like, I'm a racing car, and then we see uh, Captain Falcon, and it goes passing by, like Lady Godiva, and then that's when the uh, the girl from uh, Animal uh, Harvest, Harvest Moon shows up, that little beagle puppy thing. Yeah. And then the... Uh, Princess Peach and Samus also show up, and and then he goes like, "I'm a uh, oh, fuck." He goes, uh, 200 degrees. That's why they call me Mr. Fahrenheit." And as that happens, that's when Charizard is flying through the sky. So it, it shows that, like, there was no fucking way that when they made this trailer. And they were deciding the choreography that they weren't blasting this song yeah. full full throttle, saying, I know we can't afford the licensing to it, but we can still pay homage to this song with this trailer. Mm-hmm. And and somebody saw it right away and just thought, I'm going to play this song while, while playing this. And it lines up perfectly. Dark Side of the Moon didn't got shit on this. So... Final, we get to see some more artwork with some very dark shaded Super Mario RPG with Mario leading the party towards Bowser's Keep, which now houses the Sword uh, Smitty. And then we get to see Zelda and Peach apparently looking to rescue Mario and Link, who are getting uh, tortured by Koopas and armored guards. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, not bad. Nice. So, pulsing with controversy is the next letter. I am writing this letter just to say that Player's Pulse is the greatest section of the magazine. What I really enjoy about the sections are letters like girls in video games because we readers are discussing a topic that seems to be very important because many people must be writing about it. <laughs> uh, writing in about it. When people write in about stuff similar to girls in video games, it makes for a section where people can talk about other things other than how cool a video game is or how good or bad your magazine is. By Paul Gvildis from Scarborough, Ontario, Canada. Very socially minded. Alright, next from Joy... Oh my god. Vajira Pino via the internet. I'm sure I butchered the fuck out of that. N64 video. When I came home from school, I saw a video laying on the table. It was the N64 video. I quickly popped the tape into my VCR, and my breath was taken away by the incredible graphics. They looked so real, it was hard to believe. I also liked the Killer Instinct clips that were at the end of the video. It's just like the arcade. Well, I'm glad you had fun. <laughs> yep. Where's Luigi? It all started in Super Mario World 2. Yeah, he was in the game, but had to be but to be saved. Then along came Super Mario RPG. Big deal, he's in the instructions. Now Super Mario 64 is released, and I haven't seen nor heard anything of Luigi in the game. Yeah, his star was his star was definitely overshadowed in this one. I'll admit it, I thought Luigi got in the way when he was there, but now that the green-headed plumber's gone, things just don't seem the same. Maybe you could let Shigeru Miyamoto and his team know there's one mistake. Where's Luigi? That's Mark Royster. Royster from Corona, California. He's in the fucking mansion. <laughs> According to Mr. Miyamoto, they had planned to use Luigi in a bonus game stage in Mario 64. They didn't have time to complete him in perfect condition, though, and they didn't want to settle for less than perfect. They planned to have the camera angle switch to show Mario and Luigi together in some fight scenes, but they decided it would be too confusing. 
Have they forgotten him? Of course not, says Mr. Miyamoto. We still love him. Indeed they do, and they will rectify that mistake by making one of the least appreciated opening games for the start of a system in just a few years. <laughs> I finally got around to that, and it was a good game. It really was. I, I loved it. I, I One of the first games I got when I picked up uh, GameCube, you know, somewhere around 2002, 2003, and it, it, I, I loved it. It was too short. That was the only complaint I had about it. Have you played uh, the Luigi's Mansion on the 3DS? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I made sure to pick that one up. It's, a, it's basically the same kind of game, but more. Which is what you want. Yeah. Uh, it left me a little bit underwhelmed it, in that it was, very, it was almost a little too similar. You know, I was expecting to see them make some more changes, and they had a few changes in there. In the end, I gave it a solid B+. But I, I, I love Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> Indeed. Now, take us home with Julie's angry letter. <laughs> Tetris strikes again. Help! I hate you! Why did you have to make go and make Tetris Attack such an addictive game? My brother Avram and I and my mom are completely addicted to it. I don't want to spend my mom to spend any more money because we have to save up for the Nintendo 64 and she keeps renting it week after week. Not only have the two beaten it on the hardest difficulty level, they play each other all day. And at night, you can hear falling blocks. What should I do? From Julie Vrayman, Beverly Hills, California, and they offer the very helpful idea. Here's a solution. Buy the game! <laughs> so let me get this straight. Her brother's name is Avram Vreeman? Oh, my. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of... That's a very chewy name. Avram Vreeman. That name's like its own... That name is its own palindrome. <laughs> it almost is, isn't it? Oh, man. This has been a meaty episode, and we've, we've only just gotten to the power charts. Yeah, we're going to have to kick it into gear here. But that's the good part. I always love the letters. All right, so... so. we got the top five for the Super NES Top 20. Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past, Chrono Trigger, Tetris Attack, Donkey Kong, Trouble, Donkey Kong Country 3, Dixie's Double Trouble, and Super Mario RPG. Topping the charts as it should. Indeed. You got Game Boy's Top 10. I'll count from three up to one. Donkey Kong Land... DKL2 Diddy's Conquest and of course topping it The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening The most wanted top five, top three are Legend of Zelda 64 Super Mario 64 and the Nintendo 64 All these 64s couldn't they be more imaginative? Well let's read the top let's read the Nintendo 64 top five and find out <laughs> Uh, Wayne Gretzky's 3D Hockey, Pilot Wing 64, Shadows of the Empire, Wave Race 64, and Mario 64. Yeah. So only half of them, only half of them have 64 in the title. That's right. They also have a top five Game Boy arcade classics. Centipede Millipede at five, Defender Joust at four, Asteroids Missile Command at three, Battlezone Super Breakout at two, and Galaga Galaxian at number one. So classic video games making a big comeback on the Game Boy. Oh, man. Why the hell do they break up the letters? Apparently there's more. We got Brandon Lennox via the internet oh, saying, compared, compared to what? I've seen a lot of commercials for the PlayStation and Sega Saturn saying how great they are in comparison to the Super NES, but I haven't seen anything regarding their superiority to the N64. I couldn't seem to figure this out, so if you have any insights, please write me back. To which they replied, the reason they don't make comparisons is because on paper, the PlayStations and Saturn specs just don't come close to those of the N64. I, I, I have a feeling it might be f they might be shitting us there. <laughs> the real test of a system doesn't come from hardware specs, though. <laughs> that's because they don't want you to look at it too close. Yeah, that's right. It's the games that make the system. How do you feel 32-bit software games compare to 64-bit games? Yeah... Yeah, they're half right. The Saturn was shit, but... 
that PlayStation <laughs> might turn out to be a bit of a trouble for them. So right. take us home with Peter Loves. Taking out the tubes. <laughs> Peter I'm sorry. Loves. That's the, I'm sure Mr. Loves is a wonderful human being. I should not laugh. Peter Loves via the internet. Take out the take twos. There's only one thing I don't like about you magazine. Yeah, that's actually what it says. I don't like about you magazine. <laughs> take two reviews. They are too uninformative and too short. I think you should replace them with longer reviews and bigger maps. And they don't bother to answer them. Well, they did. They did reply with a picture of a pissed-off Goomba. <laughs> that's right. If that 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 was their emoji. That's right. Proto emoji. <laughs> they didn't have gifs back. They didn't have gifs back then. <laughs> like. Uh, so, the Rockies take the Mariners. Volume 85 Grand Prize winner Aaron Martin of Durango, Colorado has some news for you. He beat Ken Griffey Jr. at his own game. It was only one of the two Super NES winning run matches, but the 8-0 score was certainly a reason to gloat. Oh, he beat him by shutout. Griffey clearly had the home field advantage as the games were played on the big screen in the Seattle Mariners' kingdom, but Aaron hung tough and took his Colorado Rockies to victory over Griffey's Mariners. Yeah, Griffey seems happy about it, though, in the final picture there. Looking like he's celebrating a win. Maybe he's Man, just... the lighting, the lighting in this is so bad, it's like Ken Griffey's his own shadow. Yeah, yeah, it's a little unfortunate with... Uh... Ken Griffey's darker skin, it's a it's like a, his white t shirt is kinda of just hovering there if you don't look too close. Not good. <laughs> and like would it would it have killed them to just turn the lights on just a little bit? Yeah. Not not terribly flattering, but that's a pretty cool prize though, if you're a, any kind of a baseball fan. Griffey was huge. Best ball player of the nineties. Oh yeah, this this kid is happy this kid's happy as a clam, so I'm happy for him. Now, Wave Race 64. Kawasaki Jet Ski. Did you ever play Did you uh, play this game? No, I, I did not. How about you? No, I was not a uh, like a sport or racing game fan, so Yeah. I preferred platformers, jumping around, attacking things, not ooh, turn left a bunch of times and go through rings. Well, we can kind of speed through this, so to speak, then. Neither of us terribly familiar with it, but let's see what we can find. Jet Ski Jam. Take on the world's best jet ski watercraft jockeys in the Surf Churning Championship mode. If you don't, it's back to the kiddie pool for you. Complete each circuit. Normal, hard, and expert to open up the next tougher round of racing. Okay, pretty, yeah. pretty standard. And none of the racers seem to be particularly good. No offensive names. No, no particular strengths. <laughs> they have a uh, Jeter though. That's a yeah, but it's not Derek. It's like his his less popular brother. Miles. <laughs> yeah, this is this is what he did before he joined the big club in '96. And then <laughs> they have Dave Mariner. Very nice. Yeah. Hayami Ryota Hayami. Yeah, nothing really to write home about. They got stunt mode. And I've, I've, I've blasted through all the maps. It's it's a it's a racing game on water. Yeah, pretty much. It, if that interests you, check it. If it doesn't, you can join us as we move on to Blast Corps, where we have what appears to be a crash test dummy in power armor. Oh no, it's the Rocketeer. Rocketeer with the uh, the crash test dummy. Testing it out for him in the beginning part of the movie. Yeah, he's not fighting the Nazis in the uh, in the forties. He's just like listening to grunge in the nineties, like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so heavy metal thunder. A, in the not so distant future, a heavy carrier bearing powerful nuclear exper devices experiences a critical meltdown, leaking radiation that killed the carrier's crew now makes it impossible for anyone to gain control. The onboard autopilot has locked the carrier on a preset path which happens to run through some of the most populated areas of the country. It just happens to have water th running through it. 
Unfortunately, the slightest jolt will result in the detonation of the devices, which are so powerful they may plunge the world into nuclear winter. It's up to BlastCore, an elite team of high-tech demolition experts, to clear a smooth path for the carrier so it can safely transport its deadly cargo away from populated areas. Well, yeah, you make it go past a couple of cities, but then... Yeah. Oh, so then it can explode in the ocean? I'm no scientist, but if it was deadly enough radiation to kill the entire crew and it's heading through a populated area, I think those guys are dead. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. Like, it's incredibly dangerous as long as we keep it contained in this bulkhead. No. no. <laughs> Unless the bulkhead is like... 10 feet thick of just airtight, you know, metal or uh, something. I, and even then, I, I'm not buying it. I, I Maybe maybe that's what you're really doing. You're not really clearing a path. You're just, you know, giving everybody a merciful quick death <laughs> as you're carving through the country. <laughs> yeah, the entire country. It's like, look on the bright side. You will be irradiated by this shit. Your hair will fall out. You will watch your children melt in your arms. I'm just going to blow you up, and you're going to thank me for it. That's right. And afterward, the team will find six elusive scientists who can prepare a safe detonation site. That's right. After we have taken this uh, poison pill of a boat through your city, then we will detonate it in a safe area. Just fuck up the entire world. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll just make sure it, it sinks in the ocean. So that, like, as long as you don't eat seafood, yep, you'll be okay. Yeah. Have you turned the page yet, Mike? Uh, this is oh, yeah, I see really tough destruct- to look at. <laughs> it's so fucking hard to read. Why did you give me what seems to be like a close-up, an extreme close-up of a basketball? Yeah, that's pretty much destruction. It. Oh, dest- and the head and the and the headlines are done in fire red yellow right with the with the nice over red a background red, over a red background cuz fuck you and then teeny tiny little white lettering for the text yeah it says chris tamper one of the founders of rare has been quoted in reference to the game if you make a game in which you knock things down it will be fun well, he's not wrong. I mean, look at Red Faction. That game was that game. You had more fun destroying the world around you than actually saving it in the plot. Mm-hmm. Well, he may be right, but I have no interest in looking at this. So fuck it. On to the next page. If if I had a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I wonder if anybody these days knows that reference. I mean, even back then, that was retro. If I had a hammer, I'd hammer in the morning. I'd hammer in the evening. All over this land. Protest song from the 60s. So Blast Corps offers a large selection of diggers. You've got Ram Dozer, Backlash, a dump truck, and Skyfall. The Skyfall Dune Buggy. That's (laughs) like a, a misnomer, right? I mean... I'm just picturing this vehicle plunging from the sky. You need to get airborne. So basically this thing is like a bomb with wheels. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, ballista, a missile bike, side swipe, where you'll need jackhammer cartridges to use the vehicle's hammering mechanism. And then... uh, Predecursor to A-hole, J-bomb, the easiest walker-type vehicle to use. If if you have a walking robot, can you really call that a vehicle? Oh my god, Thunderfist Plus. Look at this guy's fucking strut. He looks fabulous. It's as, This is like if Starscream was in the Pride Parade. Yeah, absolutely, with uh, nice Deadpool emblems on his uh, shoulder pads. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. All kinds of love in the Autobot universe. Oh, speaking of love, underneath we get to see Bumblebee. Yeah. With a nice little trail behind him. He's uh, rocking the tail feathers there. Oh, God, more. (laughs) He's got his own little... 
more red page, more red page cat. Oh, and then and then to break it up, we've got plenty of close up red inserts. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, so much fucking red. The in, the Nintendo's favorite color was like orange brown. The in, the uh, the Super Nintendo, it had a decent color palette and range, but for the N64, everything is just red brown garbage. I'm blanking. What was that thing that you put over your head gave you fucking headaches? The, the Virtual Boy? Yeah, thank you. It looks like a fucking Virtual virtual Boy game. Just everything. Just bright red. Ah, oh, God, I can't deal with it. No, he smashes, he scores! Nice hockey reference. Then we get to see a close-up where you get to really see how these uh, how these 3D models don't really hold up to scrutiny. <laughs> as soon as you magnify them, <laughs> any bigger than your hand. That's when you really see, like, wow, everything is just really muddy and matted. Yeah. Not not a good idea to zoom in on that for the magazine. Yeah. Nope. So let's just get the fuck out of here and head to a nice blue tropical island yeah. with Donkey Kong 3, Dixie Kong's Double Trouble. Join Dixie Kong for a barrel full of Super NES monkey business in Donkey Kong Country 3, Dixie Kong's Double Trouble, parentheses DKC3. A really short title there. Dixie must balance babysitting, banana collecting, and bear bartering as she seeks the missing Kongs. That's right. It's not just Donkey that's been captured this time. Diddy has been too. Oh, no, D didn't. <laughs> Dixie and Kitty dodge double trouble. You'll find a lot that is familiar in DKC3, along with even more that is not. Great play control from the first two games continued with new terrain. And now they add contrivances for advancement where you've got a boat and you've got to add parts to it to get to the next section. Parts that you get from each boss. Uh, so we've got, at the bottom of the screen, we've got what appears to be a... Uh, it seems to be like a Marky Mark. In that good vibrations video. <laughs> Marky Kong, yeah. <laughs> Marky Kong. Fun. Feel it, feel it. <laughs> and then on the other side, we've got Pimpy Kong. <laughs> Swanky's Sideshow. You could compete against Cranky Kong in a little side game that's completely optional, but you can get, I think one-ups if you end up beating him and then the brothers bear where we get to see <laughs> oh my gosh this is like what if yogi decided to cosplay as big bird <laughs> that's right the brothers bear you'll find throughout the many islands you've got bizarre bear selling seashells you've got uh, patch You'll win this after beating Erich the Spider. You get skis. You get a flower that you'll end up giving to somebody. You get a mirror for a mere 50 bear coins. You'll own this antique piece of island history. And you get a wrench that Funky Kong will use to repair your boat. Well, I thought you'd throw it into someone's gears. But man, this bear looks like a freaking chocobo. Then we get to see Kitty Can Cause Chaos. Smash, roll, team roll. That's right, the Titanic toddler Kitty Kong <laughs> can really throw his weight around. His power moves allow him to smash and bash his way through many island obstacles. There's no way around this. This kid is being forced into being a child soldier. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, she, she's an excellent babysitter. Come on. It's time to go through the maze. <laughs> oh, who, who wants to bounce on some uh, heavily armed enemies that are invading our land? Hey, let, let's put that simpleton strength to good use. Yeah. This was actually a very fun game, though. I, I enjoyed it. 
Uh, it's pretty hard for Nintendo's homemade platformers to really fail. Like from Mario to Donkey Kong, they, they knew what the hell they were doing and they just said, hey, let's just not suck. Yeah. No, they, had, they had a good precedent with the first few Donkey Kong countries, so they more or less just kept it up. And so they move now into some maps. You've got the overworld map that they highlight and tell you where some things are. And then they give you, looks like the entire first world of maps, you know, breaking it down. Here's where the bonus barrel is. Here's where the DK barrel is. So on and so forth. With some close-up looks. You know, here's how you can throw... Uh, Kitty Kong to break open the section and the planks to get the bonus barrel and so on. So not not a bad run through with the first level for the through, yeah. first world that is to say. Now there doesn't but the first boss that shows up and uh, what seems to be level six is a, a massive barrel itself, Belcher. Right. Yeah, you gotta throw bugs into the barrel's mouth and then it belches and sends itself careening backwards. <laughs> and then they've got something that will cause instant blindness if you look at it. Grandma Kong in a yoga outfit ready to <laughs> to get to working out. Yeah, she's ready to go jogging at the mall. <laughs> and if she bends over, she will break her hip. <laughs> uh, so then we get to see uh, the barrel shield bust up where apparently you go yeah apparently you have to like bounce your way up this tree inside yeah up through a tree all the way up to the top which seems like it can be very frustrating especially since you know they're going to have something at the end that will send you pretty much all the way down absolutely and at the very bottom of the screen there, that is the most evil rat I've ever seen in my life. It's got what looks like a, a mouth for an ear, really <laughs> long teeth. Oh, he looks like he's just enjoying himself, like he just saw someone suffer, and it was so delicious to him. And I have to say that the, the drawing, the perspective of that one leg is not quite right. I mean, it looks more like he's got three legs and one kickstand, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, this, his left hand is not doing him any favors. <laughs> yeah, that's why he's smiling. <laughs> so anyway, they got a whole bunch of maps here. They keep going through the first, it looks like second world, the entire second world's worth of maps, ending with the Arachnid Erich, or Eric. I don't know how you'd say it. So Yeah, he looks pretty he looks pretty huge and impressive. Yeah. Yeah, he was a pain in the good, ass at first. Good rendering on him though, like you can see the bristles on his back rather than him just being like a bald lump with legs. Yeah. Yeah, they were really pushing the SNES at this point. So, yeah. yeah, at that point, it makes you wonder, like, did they really have to improve? Did they really have to give us the N64? Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, I guess so. But, yeah, they, they did a pretty good job with it. Although it, they uh, pushed it a little bit too far at times. It, there were times where they tried to put too much on the screen. It would uh, log or slow down. Started real slow. Yeah. <laughs> but they'll be talking more about it next issue. Where they will, where you'll find out more about the other islands. Mechanos, Cotton Top Cave, K3, and Razor Ridge. So presumably there will be another feature with a whole bunch of more maps. And then beyond that is the Players Arena, which... Well, we don't really need to talk about because it's a bunch of people bragging about their times on Super Mario Kart. Or completing the Rhino stage first in Mega Man X3. 
That's or right. getting to Ganon with only 14 hearts in Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. In Super Metroid, can you defeat Dragoon in Meridia without getting hit once oh. like I can? Oh my gosh, okay, I found something here. The, there's apparently a town in... Okay, so check out the Link to the Past. Yeah. About the fourth name from the bottom. Nathan Vogt from Arapaho, North Carolina. Arapaho, yes, absolutely. Or, or Arapaho, okay. Or fourth from the top, Mucalito. Mucaltio? Mucaltio. And then just Shannon. <laughs> Forget a place, let's just name it after somebody and then be done. Shannon. Yeah, there, there's a nice town in uh, New York State called Coxsackie. <laughs> uh, they call it Kosaki. Of course they would. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I would do if I lived there. But I don't. So it's Coxsackie. <laughs> All right, so we move on to Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. <laughs> we get to see a lovely picture of a guy getting uh, his his speeder chopped. Strangely enough, not his leg, considering he just got swiped with a lightsaber. <laughs> That's right, a big-ass lightsaber. Look how big that thing is. It's thick as Luke's yeah, so, head. <laughs> yeah, so Attila the Hun is being knocked off his speeder. And even Luke seems to be surprised, like, how the fuck does he still have his leg? I swiped the bastard. <laughs> even Luke is confused. Yeah. Nintendo Powers excerpt from Dark Horse Comics graphic novel epic, Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. This week we've chosen to focus on parts of the story that involve space mercenary Dash Render, since he is the main character in the upcoming Nintendo 64 game. I have no idea who that is. Yeah, Dash Render was the uh, bounty hunter that was hired to I guess protect Luke Skywalker. Huh? During during the events of uh, Empire Strikes Back. Did you see Is Star it, Wars? <laughs> There's no fucking bounty hunter that is hired to protect Luke. What's that about? Oh, no, he would like the from the video game Shadows of the Empire. I played it, oh, and it okay. looks like he is like he's in like the background of Empire Strikes Back. So when the Empire attacks the Hoth base, he's, like, clearing it out so that, like, uh, you know, the Empire doesn't storm the base too soon. And Ah, I see. So it looks like he's, like, in the background of several events happening throughout the movie, like, just so just to clear Luke's path. Uh-huh. If I remember correctly, I might not. That sounds plausible. Sounds good enough for a game. And then they... Go ahead and they show you the comic. Shall we do a dramatic rendering of this? A dash rendering of this? Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, sure. What the hell? I was going to skip past it, but you, you, you've tickled me enough. Let's do this. <laughs> all right. I don't get it. So, Jabba the Hutt's swoop gang meets in the Anchorhead Cantina on Tatooine. Why does Jabba want Skywalker killed? Vader will only pay for him alive. Oh yeah, you on good speaking terms with Vader, are you, Jixie? Well, no, but... You hear that, boys? Jixie's best pals with Darth Vader. <laughs> That's not what I meant. Maybe Vader changed his mind. You ask too many questions, chicks. I imagine this purple guy sounds like Cobra Commander. Oh, absolutely, no doubt. He looks like a gay pride Shredder. <laughs> if Shredder and the alien had a baby. <laughs> yeah, who cares? Ours is not the reason why. Ours is just to do the doity and collect the cash, right, Spiker? Here's to Luke Skywalker, boys. May he rest in pieces. <laughs> Princess Leia hired me to keep an eye on Luke. So it looks like here's where I earn my pay. Yeehaw, let's get him. My new lightsaber is working. 
The plans in Ben's book were complicated. It could have just as easily blown up in my hands. It's touching to know you have such confidence in me, R2. What it needs is a real test. Zing! Trouble! Hide inside, R2! Beep boop! Roger, chicks! I said hold your fire! We could have been on him before he knew what hit him! I thought I had a good shot, man! They're not taking prisoners! You ever get to see the other side of that scene? <laughs> and you can see where Luke is ch- taking this guy off, somehow keeping his leg, despite the fact that he got sideswiped by a lightsaber. And, he, and you can just tell he's giving out the Wilhelm scream. It's actually written out here so well. Ah! Blow the little runt to Bespin, boys! And they're blowing the shit out of Luke's cover. I'll stand a better chance on one of these. And he just gives a side a sidekick to one of the sidekicks and takes his ride, and then we get to see our big uh, our big blonde guy. He he looks like a mix of Bebop and I don't know like seventies pimpy Luke Cage. <laughs> Absolutely. And he goes after him. Let me see. Then we get to see uh, receding in the distance. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think Rendar's showing up. That's right. Following in on the heels. Those Yabos shot this place up good. If this swoop bike wasn't so slow, I'd have caught up to them by now. My best shot is to shake them off in Beggar's Canyon. Luke's being pursued. But they're gaining fast. (laughs) Uh, And and here's a... (laughs) Oh, man. Look at the name this guy's got. (laughs) Big Jizz has got him cold. He does. <laughs> Here comes the Jizz, Skywalker. <laughs> uh, and then Luke Bebop gets sideswept going, what the? Steering's gone. Look out. It's the so money shot. Like <laughs> so it looks like uh, Jix and Rendar are both... Uh, invested in keeping Luke alive as vampire Luke Cage goes <laughs> flying. <clears throat> <laughs> and we're back at uh, Shredder, Spiky, Gay Pride Commander. <laughs> Jabba ain't gonna be happy! He's got help! We ain't gonna win this one, Spiker! Let's burn! Dash Rendar, what are you doing here? Saving your butt from Swoop's gum, it looks like. I got to look at their tattoos. The gang works for a your Saving your butt from swoop scum. That sounds like a line from a really, a really artsy homoerotic film. <laughs> like something, like something, uh, uh, Andy, no, not Andy Kaufman. Uh, who the hell was that gay painter dude? The guy with the, uh, the, the warehouse full of models. Yeah. Oh, Andy Warhol. That's it. Yeah, Agent W. <laughs> okay, so tell us about the gang. So the gang works for Jabba. I was in Mos Eisley sniffing around when I overheard them talking. They had orders to kill you. Add to that the assassination attempt at Gaul, and you have to figure Darth Vader is no longer your number one admirer. He never was. If it's him behind it, it just doesn't make any sense. Look! It's coming down near Ben's. It's a message for Leia from Koth Malin, the head of the Bolton spies. His spies have uncovered information about a secret project the Empire is cooking up. He must see Leia immediately. Then he's out of luck. The princess and the others are on Rodia, trying to infiltrate the Black Sun criminal organization. Black Sun? Is she out of her mind? Someone's trying to have you killed, Luke. She's looking for answers. Black Sun Spy Network can provide them. They'll provide more than that if they catch her. And she thinks I need help. The information could be vital to the Alliance. If Leia can't go to Bothwai, I have to. Come on, R2. Do 
Don't mind if I tag along. Gotta earn my pay. Uh, to be continued. That... <laughs> well, we'll see how it we'll see how it goes yeah. next month. Yeah, they got me hooked. I can't wait for a <laughs> gay pride shredder alien. See see what he follows up. Uh, how they follow up on Big Jizz too. Tonight I dine on Big Jizz. <laughs> Jeez. Ah oh, man. Well, this has been a lovely hour. So glad that uh, you got to spend it with me, Ivan. I don't know if the feeling's mutual. Oh, I, as you said, I, it, it, I was enthused and thoroughly disappointed. <laughs> Thanks for having me along. Uh, that was... Th- this has been great. And uh, thank you for listening, if you still are. I'll have to check the downloads <laughs> to see if anybody just gave up on us or not. After our, st- after our spectacular schedule... Yeah. And you just imagine somebody who had the subscription just never bothered to cancel out of it. Like, what the fuck? This thing's still going on? <laughs> yeah, we're going to try. And um, this, uh, well, next month, we'll st- or next, uh, next episode, we'll start on the classified information section. But we'll just have to wrap it up here. It's been, uh, it's been great to be back, get back into the action, apparently. Like, I still see that there's plenty more for this magazine to give us absolutely looking forward to exploring if 1990 if 1996 is any indication hopefully 1997 won't be a dropping like but if you want to hear more reliable podcasting goodness you can check out the taste test yeah Yeah, it seems like every podcast I try to do besides the graveyard shift (laughs) ends up just Having everyone around me just being too busy or inaccessible. Yeah. Well, we'll see if we can't get the taste test up and running again. It got balloon fight on board. That should be a pretty quick one to record it. Not too much to that game. And by the time you hear this episode, we will. Uh, if you thought the uh, the snowman on the cover of this magazine just wasn't enough scary Christmas goodness you can check out the Graveyard Shift Horror with Sheldon and Mike where we have recently reviewed Jack Frost the 1997 horror classic where Shannon Elizabeth shows that American Pie wasn't her most embarrassing sex scene (laughs) yeah no it's a good listen I I never miss an episode and Highly recommend if you're any kind of uh, fan of horror or even a semi-fan or at least a tolerator of Mike, you should give it a listen. (laughs) Sheldon and Mike do a good job. Uh, Thank you very much. And you can, uh, yeah, we won't be airing any more taste tests in this feed since, uh, again, like the, uh, the fate of this was uncertain. So I gave the taste test its own feed. So... In addition to the old episodes you can get here, you can also check out the Taste Test on its own at the Taste Test Retro Gaming with Flavor. That is where you can find just the Taste Test if you just think, man, screw Nintendo Power, I just want to hear Mike talk about video games and do skits, then that is where you will look. Yeah, we had a pretty doozy, pretty good doozy of a skit in the last episode. The Halloween oh, yeah. grab bag. Should check it out. Mm-hmm. And then, if you want to hear me just talk tech stuff with one uh, with my friend Rich Reader, who was on one of the uh, one of the first episodes of this podcast, then you can hear us talk on techno babble. And that is just tech stuff, tech news, tech gadgets, uh, little scientific breakthroughs, and just uh, good news in how science is. You know, people are using science to save the world or hasten its destruction. Yes, indeed. Good news about the hastening well, of the world's destruction. That's what's on tap. <laughs> and if you can... Uh, mm, yeah, I can't think of anything else right now. So, it's late. I've been doing tech support all day. My brain is wiped. 
But it's been a, a real blast. Thank you for joining us, Ivan. And do you have anything else going on? Nope, just a taste test. So looking forward to get that up and running again. I always enjoy talking about the games with you. Well, if we want to get the taste test running, we've got to get this episode done. So thank you very much for joining us. He's Ivan, I'm Mike, and you're playing with Pat Tyler. Entertainment System. Now you're playing with power.